Hey now, welcome to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast theme music by Jolando Johnson. Be sure to like his Jolando Johnson music page on Facebook. Oh my God, I am so super excited to present to you this new episode of the podcast featuring the great Lenny Williams. Uh, if you grew up on soul music like I did, then you grew up li- hearing this song. Ah, uh-uh, ah, I love you, baby. <laughs> That song came out in the 70s and people still play it on Quiet Storms today as if it were new. So we got to talk to him about that and his new music. You know, my my podcast is all about the conversation of it all. I love conversations and I think that everyone, you know, I'm so curious about everyone's story because I think that everyone has a compelling story, whether they think so or not. Yes, you, you even have a compelling story. So I'll be talking to musicians like Lenny and um, celebs and regular everyday people on my podcast. Be sure to subscribe to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast if you haven't already. And spread the word to your family and friends and followers to tell them uh, to follow me as well. You can, by the way, watch the video version of this uh, podcast on my All the Rage with Shelly Wade YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. My Facebook page, also called All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Hit the like button on that one. And follow me on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. And on Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget that Shelly is spelled with an E-Y and bookmark my blog at ShellyWade.com. Okay, without any further delay, I present to you my fun conversation with the great Lenny Williams. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you in Oakland right now? I'm actually up in uh, Green Valley, which is like about 11 miles from uh, downtown Napa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wine country. Yeah. Okay. So you, is that where you live now? That's where I live now. Uh-huh. Oh, that's amazing. No, living in wine country. I can't imagine how amazing that must be. <laughs> I have to make sure, you know, put that limits on myself, right? <laughs> Not, no wine 24 seven, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Wow, um, I'm so excited um, about interviewing you because for as long as I can remember, your music has been a part of my life. How does that make you feel that your music has um, affected so many people for so many years? I mean, it's, it's humbling, you know, and it's, uh, and then I guess it's rewarding because that's what you really kind of set out to do. You do something meaningful and uh, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, will affect people hopefully in a positive way. I always say that. I mean, because you know, a lot of people wonder, like, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of it all? And I always say, if you can, you know, manage to, you know, if people, you know, when you're gone, if people, you know, the first thing they say about you are are good memories or that you positively affected their life, I think that's all we can ask for, right? Most definitely. And then hopefully, maybe leave, uh, you know, something here in terms of, uh, you know, that will continue to to grow and, and affect people, right? Yeah. I think about, you know, people like Sam Cooke or, you know, great artists with Franklin and their music is, is still here and, and it's timeless, yeah. Yeah, so, because I love you, I have to um, ask you if, I know this is a song you can't escape because the song came out in like, what, 1978? And- well, I, I did it twice. I did it in uh, 70, 75 or 76 on Motown and it didn't have the talking in it and it was just a little bit faster, a little bit more up-tempo. It wasn't fast, but just, it, it wasn't quite as slow as the, the one that came out in 78. Wow. And, uh, and then a few years later, I redid it 
uh, on ABC Records, but the talking in it and everything, and that was in 1978, yeah, so. Okay, so what made you redo it? And then who came up with the idea of putting the talking in it? Because <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that really makes that song. <laughs> because I had done it in uh, on the Motown record and it didn't really happen. You know, uh, you know, nobody really took notice of the song or anything like that. And uh, and so then I went on the road after I did that record at Motown and I was singing that song. And so the song kind of evolved. And okay. then uh, Larry Graham, uh, uh, you know, he had a drummer in, in Graham Central Station named Willie Sparks, the original drummer. And so Larry fired at Willie. And then Willie started playing for me and then he was like, yeah, I, I like playing with you, Lenny, but you sing so many ballads and I'm really kind of like a funk drummer. He's like, but uh, he says, uh, I'm gonna quit. He said, but I'm gonna give you a piece of advice. He said, that song, Cause I Love You, you need to slow it down, uh -huh. put some talk in it, break it down and put some talking in it. And so at first I was I was offended, you know, by, you know, it's like, you know, I'm a songwriter, are you gonna tell me, you know, whatever. And so, uh, and so I did and then, uh, Voila, here I am, uh, you know, on the Shelly Wade show. <laughs> so that's interesting how uh, you, you took offense to it at first, but then you took the advice yeah. and it worked out. And it worked out, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Again, okay, so the version I know is from yeah. 1978 and still to this day, Lenny, I don't have to tell you, I mean, people play it on radio stations and in quiet, quiet storms every night as if it were a new single. I mean, you just can't escape that song. So I guess I wonder, uh, do you find it a curse or do you find it a blessing that you can't escape that one? No, I find it definitely find it a blessing, uh, most definitely. I mean, you know, sometimes you know, like a movie uh, stars, they get typecast. You know, say like Jaleel White. You know, every time you see him, you think of Urkel. You know, yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so he's doing a love scene, and then you can't stop thinking about him in the glasses and his pants pulled up and everything. And so a lot of times, people will say to me, "Oh, I I love your song," you know, and it's like. Like I've only done one song, you know. <laughs> like hello. And a matter of fact, that song never was a single, you know. So it never was a, on the charts as a hit or anything like that. And You're so, kidding me. Oh no, no, yeah, no. That's, honestly, yeah, right. Never was a single. Uh, never was on the charts, you know. Like cause I love you or anything like that. And uh, just it just distinguishes itself. It's like the little engine that could, you know. And uh, you know, which is uh, really, really amazing. Uh, you know. It's especially due to the fact that I've had uh, so many songs that were on the charts and people don't even, I go to the shows like, forget all that stuff, you know, come on with it. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 I got to, you know, I have, we had a little foreplay before we get to that, yes. <laughs> get to the entree. Exactly, right, yes. And that's why, I guess that's why I wanted to know if it's a, a, because I know that you consider it a blessing that people love your music or that specific song, but I wondered if it, if you feel at all like it, it was a, it's a curse because people are not thinking about all of the, the music you've ever, you know, done and all of the music you've put out, they want that one song. And I have to tell you, just as a, um, a listener of the song, the thing that resonates me with me the most is that I'm not sure, I'm hard pressed to find another singer that I felt so passionately. I mean, you are just like really like 
oh my God, I am begging you. I am, you know, and you, you feel it so strongly. And it's like, oh my God, to have someone love me that much, that would be so amazing. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's so impactful that um, you just want to hear it and you sing it so passionately, you know? And so that's how I feel about it as a listener. And, you know, you sing it very beautifully as well. You know, the passion and the beauty um, of the singing, that's what affects me with the song. Well, it's, it's really interesting. A lot of people ask me where that passion comes from. And uh, and I think it is just interpreting the song. You know, I used to be a teenage preacher, right? So I know how to, you know, uh, put something into it, right? But it's really interesting. The day that I was gonna, I was recording that song, my producer, Frank Wilson said, oh, uh, Andre Crouch called and said he want to come by and hang out today. And so I'm singing this song and Andre Crouch and his sister Sandra, his twin sister, mm -hmm. sitting there looking at me through the, the window, you know, in the studio. And so I'm trying to make Andre wave his hand and say hallelujah, you know, so I, and, you know, so that's where some of that passion came from. I was showing out for Andre Crouch, right? Yeah, I was talking to Andre put $100 in the orphan plate or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to take Andre Crouch to church today. Exactly, right, yes, right. Well, right. I was listen. a little intimidated because uh, Andre was there, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he was the you know, the greatest gospel writer and uh, artist of, of, of that particular time, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, well, listen, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so um, I promise I'm going to stop talking about that song, but just to, you know, because there are, there are people, you know, people who listen to my, my All the Rage with Shelly Way podcast and watch the show on YouTube, they may not be familiar with you because they're, you know, people of all ages that uh, check me out. And so I want them to understand the impact, you know, of your music. Um, you, you've had such an impact that you've been um, sampled by so many um, artists that are um, successful today, like a, uh, uh, you know them uh, like a Jay Z and um... Twista, uh, Andre Three Thousand, uh, Scarface is going down. Trey Songs, yeah, uh -huh. and then uh, you know that's that's the beauty of that song, and uh, and the beauty of uh, you know what they call the record business. You know, so I made the record, but you know, I was blessed to be able to take care of the business. So as the writer and the publisher, and I retained my my rights uh, when they do that. Not only does it make the music classic, but uh, you know, I've been getting checks in the mail. You know, <laughs> getting paid. My wife, my wife is jealous of the mailbox because I go to the <laughs> mailbox every day. You know, I might not kiss her, uh, you know, for a day or two, but that mailbox get my attention every day. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hello. Yes, we're in wine country. <laughs> Thanks to my song. Um, okay, so let's rewind and educate people about your beginnings. Of course, you're from Little Rock, Arkansas, right? I was born there, yes. And you um, um, moved to, you and the family moved to Oakland when you were um, a kid. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, what, Lenny, is in the water in Oakland that it produces such legendary music artists? I don't know, you know, it's really interesting about open, just thinking about it, you know, the, I went to church with the Hawkins family, Walter, Ed, Tremaine, mm -hmm. uh, went to church with the Stewart family, Sly Stone, uh, you know, mm -hmm. his family, uh, uh, all the guys in, uh, uh, in uh, Tony, 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 you know, and watched wow. them all grow up, you know, just, so, you know, so many, so many different people, I'm just leaving people out to point of sisters, you aim it, let us see. I mean, it's just, uh, we have great radio out here. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only, you know, did we, you know, uh, 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 you know, 
do a lot of things with music, but I mean, Huey Newton and Bobby Seale, you know, with the Black Panther Party, mm -hmm. uh, Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. you know, you know, uh, you know, it's just so many, so many different people that have made uh, great impacts. And uh, Oakland at one point in time was, uh, had the, the most middle-class blacks in the United States. And I would think that, I'm, I'm pretty sure Atlanta probably does now, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but Oakland, you know, they had the army base, they had the Navy base here. And so a lot of people who were coming through, when they would come back, they just settled in Oakland. So you had uh, just a merge of uh, people from all over the place. So radio would play blues, it would play R&B, it would play jazz. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, just was an exciting, exciting place to grow up. Yeah, I grew up, I came out to Oakland when I was 13 months old. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just so much uh, legendary talent from that area, including yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. you were mentioning that uh, you were a teenage preacher. Um, yes. How'd you come from being that? Well, you know, I, I guess it's an easy answer, but I'd love to hear it. Um, come from, you know, being a preacher into um, singing secular music <laughs> or even just singing, period. Tell us your story. Well, I use my voice uh, as a preacher, right? As a teenage preacher. Mm -hmm. And so I... Uh, was in college with Huey Newton and Bobby Seale. And uh, I was walking across campus one evening with my Bible, which I always carried. And uh, Huey uh, took notice of it. And he's like, you know, started a conversation. And uh, we got the conversation about how um, uh, Ku Klux Klan, you know, they, you know, their, their symbol is the cross. And they, they say that they love Jesus and he's their Christ. And, you know, how do, you know, how do, how do I, uh, reconcile that you know yeah. and so we had this big discussion and so uh and then i i started really really thinking about it you know and uh you know it's like we we all gonna be in heaven together and they hate us and all this mm -hmm. and uh, you know who's jesus whose side is jesus on you know so i just made a a, a cerebral decision to walk away from christianity really? and uh, you know and uh you know basically denounce christianity and uh and then but I, it was really something interesting. I guess in my mind I did it, but in my heart I didn't because I, I said, well, if I don't use my voice, God is going to take you know this voice that you know my oratory skills away from me. And so, what can I do to let God know that I'm not going to just hide this talent that He's given me? I said, oh, I'll, I just I'll start singing secular music, mm -hmm. and you know, so I just made that decision. And then I, uh, you know, just started going down to a nightclub and and uh, the talent shows and singing until I got discovered. And then, you know, fast forward maybe, you know, six seven years later, I, you know, I reconciled all of those issues and you know found my way back to to, to the church. Back to God, yeah. I mean, no, you were accepted you, me. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. accepted you back. Yes, of course he did. <laughs> so I'm interested to know since you were mentioning college, uh, what was your major? What were you studying? Uh, psychology, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And what do you think you would have been had you not gone into singing? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I may have been a psychologist or some type of, uh, you know, counselor or yeah. something of that nature. Um, uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe I would have found my, my way back to preaching or yeah. something of that nature or, you know. I worked at Ford Motor Company on the assembly line building Mustangs. I might've stayed there. It was a pretty good job too, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And did a little counseling on the side, who knows, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah so but, you, 
you made your way back to God and God accepted you. And, yeah. and then um, how did your big success uh, start? I know you worked with a lot of legendary artists uh, along the way um, mm -hmm. ahead of you doing your solo stuff. Right, yeah. Well, what I did was uh, well, I started doing these talent shows. I got accepted at a record company, a small label called Fantasy, which eventually became a pretty large label, actually a medium-sized label. And mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, when I signed there, I went over and they had a, a, a it was a small company and in, in the storeroom there, uh, they had a kid named John Fogarty working there. And mm -hmm. he had a group called the Gollywogs. And then eventually they became, a, you know, Creed's Clearwater Revival. Yeah. And then I met another guy, uh, Huey Lewis, that had a, a band called uh, the Gollywogs. Uh, no, his, no, his band was uh, Clover, Clover. And uh -huh. he became Huey Lewis in the news. So I started hanging out with John. John's you know, watching him write songs and he kind of taught me a little bit about writing songs. And so then I started writing and then I just started hanging out with people. And, um, and then uh, I did a record and a fantasy and then I, I needed a band. And so someone mentioned that there was a little band down in Fremont, California, which is a suburb of Oakland. And mm -hmm. I went down and I met this band called the Motown Soul Band. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, half of them were in high school and the other half were barely out. And so it's like, wow, well, you know, I'm, I'm 21, but I want to play in nightclubs. Y'all, the only thing we could do is play at little fairs and things like that, and high school hops. And so I said, I'm gonna put you guys on hold. So I went back to Oakland, started hanging out with Larry Graham and we started working on music. And then Larry said, oh, I'm gonna call this band Tower Power to come over and put some horns on some of this stuff we're working on. So they come over and they walk through the door and I'm saying, oh, these are little kids from the Motown Soul Band. Everybody's out of high school now, right? And <laughs> so they had changed their name to Tower Power. And then I started writing for them and then eventually became the, the lead singer. Yeah, so this kind of happened in pretty rapid succession within all the couple, couple of years, two to two and a half years. All these names, um, you're dropping them casually as if they aren't all legends <laughs> and you work with them all. Well, I, you know, I just, I just happened to fall into, you know, something sweet, you know, and, uh, you know, just hanging out at the right place, right time, you know, getting my blessings and, uh, and, uh, you know, took advantage of it. Yeah. And um, I understand you've worked with Sly Stone and uh, I know um, Sheila E's from that area. So is, um, so is, um, let me, uh, Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana um, have yeah. you worked with those um, artists as well? Actually, I've been, uh, you know, been on tour with Carlos Santana many times, you know, uh, uh, you know, fluent playing with the private uh, Bill Graham's uh, private plane, the great promoter Bill Graham. Uh, you know, matter of fact, it's really interesting. Carlos' first wife, uh, Debbie, you know, the mother of his children, uh, when we were growing up, I was real good friends with her first cousins, right? And so um, I come from the Emmett Till uh, time period, you know, mm -hmm. where people, you know, know about Emma Till, yeah. who was killed down in Mississippi. And so uh, one Sunday after church, uh, her cousin's like, hey, let's go over to my cousin's house in San Francisco. Somebody had a car and we drove over there. And so knocked on the door and her dad comes to the door. He was a very tall, distinguished, a very dark skinned man, had his hair just processed, had a smoking jacket on. I'd never seen anybody with a smoking jacket on in person. I've seen it on TV, but you know, and here's this, you know, this beautiful black man just standing there, just, you know, looking like, you know, I don't know, looking like new money, right? And then his <laughs> wife comes to the door and she's white, right? And I'm uh -huh. like, oh my God, I, I just got so much fear. It was just like, I just couldn't uh, contain myself because I mean, just a, a year earlier, Emmett Till, a year or two earlier, Emmett yeah. Till had been killed. And uh, so I had never, I knew that 
black men were married to white women or, mm -hmm. you know, but I had never been in the presence of that. Mm -hmm. And so that was, uh, so every now and then I, when I see Debbie Santana, I talked to her about that. I said, oh yeah, cause her and her sister were pretty, 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 right? And I said, <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy y'all's prettiness because I was so scared, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was going to come over and kill us all. You know, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Carlos, uh, yeah, I grew up with Carlos, uh, like you say, uh, Sheila's dad, uh, Pete. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheila, matter of fact, uh, I'm going to be doing an interview with Sheila's sister, Zena, sometime in the next couple of weeks. She reached out for me. Yeah, she's doing doing uh, interviews and things of that nature. Yeah. Very, very yeah, so, cool. so many people, yeah, so many people come from the Bay Area, you know, and uh, matter of fact, uh, Kamala Harris, was, uh, was born in the same hospital as my son right around the same time, right? Oh, wowza. I passed her dad in the hallway, hey, what, what you have, what you have, you know? <laughs> I, had a girl, oh, I had a boy, right, yeah. So I'm telling my son, you got to hurry up now. She's the vice president, come on now, you know, redeem <laughs> yourself, right, yes. <laughs> pressure on him? <laughs> Just a little bit, right, yes. Uh, yeah. hey, I wonder, you know, I know um, you, you're missing all the artists that, you know, you worked with and hung out with in that area. I'm just interested. Um, did you have any experience with, you know, all of the hate Ashbury and and um, all of the things that were going on in the in the mid to late '60s um, when it comes to that movement? Yeah, yeah. I hung out with Mike Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, uh, Jerry Garcia from uh, you know uh, famous Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead, right? And so my Jerry Garcia story was I was hanging out with uh, uh, God. Tell me, I can't forget his name now. Uh, I'm thinking of his name, uh, organ player, and he was uh, when uh, Ali was a uh, band from uh, from boxing and uh, was in the play uh, uh, big time with Buck White or something like that. He was mm -hmm. the uh, music director. I'm gonna think of his name in a mm -hmm. minute, but uh, I was at his house and him and I had a little band together, and so and he was with he had he was in the band with Jerry Garcia outside mm -hmm. of uh, the Grateful Dead, right? So Jerry Garcia comes over, and it, it was in my weed smoking days, right? So uh, <laughs> I got the good stuff, right? So he rolls it up, and uh, and and I puff on it a couple of times, and then I I stand up and go to the bathroom or something, and I stand up and I just fall flat on my face, right? I mean, don't I don't have time to put my hands out to catch myself oh. or anything, right? And I said. I never want to see Jerry Garcia again in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Merle, Merle Saunders, Merle Saunders, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, Merle Saunders. So whenever Merle would want to help rehearse, I said, is Jerry Garcia going to be there? Because I'm not coming by there. I don't even want to be in the same room with Jerry Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, did you did you wake up right away? Did you pass out or you just fell? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I passed out and then I, uh, I came to and uh, you know, sat there for a little while and went home. It's like, oh my God, whatever that was, I, you know. <laughs> you know, asked Jerry what was in there. That was the end of my weed smoking. I tell you, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been smoking weed for a couple of years. I was like, okay, no more weed smoking for me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Message received. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I I could keep asking you about all of your legendary stories because I know you you could write uh, several books <laughs> from all of your experiences, but let's talk about uh, your new music. Um, you have a uh, new music out, share uh, all the info with us. What's the album called? And uh, it came out, what, did it come out in 2020? Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like a evolving process. We just started working on music, right? Okay. And, uh, and then I started uh, you know, putting it up on online. And so you have to kind of, uh, uh, give it a date and a time uh, stamp. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it says, well, 
we did this song in 2019 or 2020 or whatever, but uh, it's just kind of evolving. So the name of the album is called Fine and mm -hmm. is distributed uh, by Empire mm -hmm. uh, Distribution. And, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to work with uh, DOA, Derek Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a great producer. He produced the recent album on Kim. Okay. And, uh, uh, the last album that uh, Joe did and the last album that uh, Keith Sweat did. So him and I are writing partners and we write a lot. And so did a couple songs with him. And then I had the good fortune to meet uh, Levi Caesar, mm -hmm. who was the uh, guitar player and the bass player for Prince in the New Power Generation band. And so uh, uh, I see he's a young kid, 59. So I've got a son, 57. So I call him a young kid, right? <laughs> and so uh, started writing with him. And him and I wrote about seven or eight songs. Uh -huh. And so I'm just really, really excited about it. We've got a song called Southern Girl, a song called Fine. You know, so it's just been a real interesting experience uh, working with, uh, with, with both of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, listen, speaking of Southern Girl, because I consider myself a Southern Belle. I was born uh, yes. and raised in Houston. And uh, I found these two young ladies online who created the Southern Girl Shuffle to your song. Have you seen their video? I, I have seen that. And then some other girls, uh, young ladies did it out of Slidell, Louisiana, right? I was like, oh, hey, yeah. Uh -huh, but, yeah. Because these young ladies are from Houston, I want to shout them out because they're my fellow Houstonians. I wrote their names down. Um, so I want to shout out to Martha Allison, a.k.a. Sugar B, and uh -huh. Jackie Lilly, a.k.a. Jay Lil, the elusive ladies. Um, yeah, they they uh, created uh, the Southern Girl Shuffle to your song. Um, have you learned learn how to do it, right? Yeah, turn here and do that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. listen, when, you, when you're able to go on tour again, maybe everybody can break out with the Southern Girl Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, that would work for sure, most definitely. Uh -huh. well, you yeah. know, definitely, we love our, our shuffles in, in the South. I'm sure everywhere else too, but you know, more importantly um, in Houston. So shout out to my fellow Houstons for creating that Southern Girl. So what, one of the lyrics, I wrote down one of the lyrics from Southern Girl that I, I like. Uh, a lot. It says, um, "I I can't handle two. I just need me one." <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a, I got a Southern girl. She's from uh, Dallas, you know, a little bit down the road, yeah. right? Yeah, and so I that's like I just need one. Yeah, right. I can't, I can't handle two, right? Hey, I, I tried that. It didn't work, right? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> I really that that lyric just stood out for me because I'm like, you know what? We are a lot, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then I, I get uh, some some ladies say, "Well." I'm from Connecticut. I, I'm not a Southern girl. What is that? What is, how do I fit in? I say, where's your grandmama from? Your great grandma? Yeah. I mean, because you all Southern girls, because that's where we all came in, that's you know, right. down in Mississippi and started matriculating all across the United States, the world and everywhere else. I said, so you, you're a Southern girl too. Yes. Great point. All right. So um, Lenny, anything else you want to share with the viewers and, and listeners uh, before we uh, get out of here and check out your song? Yeah, I'd just like to say that I really uh, appreciate everybody's support over the years. I mean, it's, I've been doing it like 52, 53 years, mm -hmm. and I appreciate people you know, buying the records, the CDs, uh, calling into the radio stations and requesting the music and uh, spending their hard-earned money coming out to the shows, buying tickets to come see me. And uh, I'm humbled by it, and I, I don't take it for granted. I really love that. And, you know... You just saying that, it makes me wonder because you've been um, performing and touring for uh, so many years now. You even um, um, act in um, stage shows and in plays yes. um, in the theaters. And, and now, you know, with, uh, you know, especially with COVID last year and, and all of the shutdowns, um, what you do has essentially been brought to a screeching halt. I guess that's a good way of putting it. Um, did you have a hard time... Um, um, 
coming to terms with that? Or were you okay? I mean, listen, you are in wine country. I, I, I don't think, you know, that's a bad thing to, you know, have to just sit and chill out in wine country, but you're used to being active and out and about and, and touching people personally in person. Um, did you have a hard time dealing with that? And then also, um, how did you, um, how did you finally start dealing with it? And what did you fill your time with? Yeah, it was really interesting because uh, I think our last show was uh, March the 7th. Mm-hmm. And then we were leaving on March 13th, uh, literally heading to the airport. You know, I kissed my wife and said, I'm out of here. And I get a phone call and said, hey, the show's been canceled. I had to call all the guys and say, you know, head back home and everything like that. And so, you know, we thought maybe it might be a week or two. And then eventually, you know, we had to come to terms with the fact that it's, you know, we, this is it. We're in it for the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so they just started trying to find things to do and, that Southern girl of mine start finding things to do. Do you know how to paint? You, that's a hammer over there. And that's a saw, you know, <laughs> that's a shovel. Right, yeah. And you have everything uh, on the honeydew list. <laughs> oh, yes, right. And it's long, 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 long. Right. And so, uh, you know, just started settling in and then started get, you know, then as things got more serious, you know, then just start the, the quarantining, you know, and just uh, not being able to, you know, see the kids and the grandkids and, you know, things of that nature. Then we started doing drive-bys, roll the window down, hey, hey, you know, and so we just settled in, but it just, uh, it taught me a lot of things, you know, uh, uh, Debbie and I have been uh, married for 42, we've been together 42, 43 years, and uh, this is the longest time that we've spent together mm-hmm. in our whole uh, marriage, you know, and, <laughs> and so uh, it's just, uh, you know, been interesting, that, you know, to really get to, to know her uh, in a more uh, intimate way. And for her to get to know me, I was like, hope she don't quit me. You know, like, <laughs> yes, that's been an interesting oh, thing. You did that, you like that. Yeah, I, I don't like you anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting because the, the, the pandemic um, did teach that to a lot of people who are in, you know, relationships, um, you know, whether, you know, they're spending more time together and they find, hey, hey, we're stronger now. Yeah. Or on uh-huh. the other side of that token, um, there are some people like, like you said, hmm. I don't think I can deal with this much longer <laughs> because if you, you know, if you are live, leading um, a, a very full life, then you're not always up under each other and you have, you know, lives of your own and then you come back together and you don't spend every waking hour together. So this has been an interesting experiment for a lot of married couples. Yeah, most definitely. Right. And so you know, we had to, you know, uh, do a little reading, a little counseling, a little prayer, mm-hmm. you know, all that, you know, to, to, to you know, to make it work and uh, you know uh, so far you know so far so good uh, she haven't pulled out that that Dallas ice pick yet yeah it's just I see it over there she she leave it out on the counter you know just uh you know kind of like intimidation there right <laughs> make it lose ice pick right yeah, yeah. us Texas girls <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah all right so um so take us out of here Lenny introduce your song Southern Girls yes 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 uh, just want to introduce to everybody my song Southern Girls and I want you all to know that I love the Southern girls because she is so, so special. Yeah, yeah. Man, we got to do one, Lenny. What you got, Levi? You got to go there, man. Hey! This is dedicated to all the girls down south. We ain't talking about just the big cities. We talking about backyards. Talking about barbecues and Daisy Dukes. Hey, come on. Girls. Seven girls, 
Conversation with you, like I said, I could hear, I could listen to you talk, tell your stories for for years. Um, really compelling, interesting stories, and I'm sure a lot of people don't have those same experiences. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, you're such a wonderful host. Yes. Thank you, Lenny. I appreciate it. Well, enjoy uh, the rest of the day in wine country. I'm gonna get the hammer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't drink too much wine while you're hammering. <laughs> Exactly right. Oh, got my finger. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for doing the interview with me. My pleasure. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. 
I release new episodes of my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. And again, you can check out the video version of my podcast on my All the Rage with Shelly Wade YouTube channel. Subscribe to that while you're there. Follow my All the Rage with Shelly Wade page on Facebook. Also follow me on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade on Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget that Shelly's spelled with an E-Y. Also keep that in mind when you bookmark my blog at ShellyWade.com. Thanks again to Jolando Johnson for my theme music. Follow him on Facebook at Jolando Johnson Music. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I'll talk to you for the new episode on Tuesday. Love you. Mwah.